Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number six for Thursday, December 13. We are winding down a very powerful lesson. Uh, I was not expecting to have had the first angel's message engage my mind in the way it has, and I hope that what I've shared with you has been a blessing for you. Uh, today, the lesson is entitled Prayer and Breaking Bread. And when I saw that, that title, it immediately made me think of a beautiful picture that summarizes um, very real, in a very eloquent way, everything we've covered in this lesson so far. I posted a, a Facebook picture this past week. Um, you may have seen it if you're on my Facebook um, friends. <laughs> um, if you're not, you can just search for me and I'll gladly um, accept your, your request. Uh, but you would, you would have seen this picture of three men in a Thai restaurant, Alvin, Steve, and myself. Uh, it was a very special uh, event. I'm glad that we were able to squeeze time out of our schedules to do that um, for various reasons. But as I thought about the, set, the, the title of this lesson, Prayer and Breaking Bread, uh, it made me think of especially Alvin and Steve. Uh, three years ago, um, John Lettle and I, uh, used to be an elder at Oakwood. Um, he's now at the Mayo Church up north. Um, John Lennon and I felt convicted that we needed to make an appeal to the church in general to find a prayer partner. And uh, Alvin and Steve, um, I introduced each other to each them to each other, and I was praying that they would click, and they did more than click. One of the things that they committed to do uh, three years ago is to begin praying with each other in the mornings. Um, St uh, Steve is an electrician. He, he owns his own electrical company. And Alvin is a pharmacist. He now works at the VA. And so they have very busy schedules. Their morning starts very early. Uh, Alvin has two precious little girls, Sienna and Shiloh. And so they have to take them to uh, our Christian Academy school, Oakwood Academy. Um, Steve, of course, he runs his own business. and. It, run, it owns you. <laughs> when you own a business, it owns you. And um, so he's very busy, yet they committed. Before they would go off to work, they would call each other and pray with each other over the phone. And they've sustained that for over three years. And in their interims in which they will go out to eat together, they're praying and breaking bread on a regular basis. And the inevitable has happened. They have become friends, more than friends brothers in Christ and they know it they, they, they have they have such a um, heart for one another um, and before I continue <laughs> my wife is wrestling with two ferocious little girls <laughs> in the bedroom who uh, have inherited her genes of not liking to go to sleep so if you hear some squealing maybe some crying it's the the flesh battling the spirit <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife trying to coax them to stay in bed long enough to hopefully make them fall asleep. So, anyways, you may hear some in the back, some things in the background. If you hear anyone running, is probably our youngest running away from Mama, who is trying to put her, the pajamas on her. Fun, fun. Anyways, um, Steve and Alvin for me made me think of not just the title of the Sabbath school lesson, but what we left where we left off yesterday. Um, how does this process happen? How does God put the, His fear in us so that we no longer are afraid of God, but we correctly now are afraid of sin? 
we recognize how toxic it is and we hate it like we read in proverbs 8 13 we we hate evil we hate pride arrogance the, the forward mouth the evil way we hate all of those things arrogance um we used to love it but now we hate it how does that miracle take place um I'm not going to try to say how is as in like, you know, metabolic process or things like that. How as in how God does it, the, the steps that he has us go through so that we can experience that miracle in our hearts. And I, and I the reason I'm thinking about Stephen Alvin is one of the reasons why they were able to become such close friends is that initially they had one common denominator experience. Alvin is from India. <clears throat> Excuse me. Alvin is from India, and Steve's from here, Michigan. And uh, Alvin, you know, learned English. Um, he speaks other languages. He eats different foods. Uh, he's adjust. He's adjusted to American life. He he thrives now. He loves it here, but he's not native here. And yet, two people from two different parts of the world, different languages, different cultures. How could they bond so tightly with one another? It was this experience, a universal experience that they experienced. And um, because of this, uh, through Christ, it, it brought them together closer than I think they even could have imagined originally. For Alvin, um, I was there. I had been studying with Alvin already for quite some time. And we had been praying for the health of his brother in India. He was married, had a precious little girl, and um, he was... Alvin's brother, he loved his brother, and eventually he passed away, he died. Uh, I remember my wife and I had gone on vacation, and while we were in my mother and father-in-law's house in Puerto Rico, I think it was one or two nights after we had arrived, Alvin was heavy in my heart, uh, it was close to the holidays, and I knew it would be especially hard for him, and I just felt impressed to call him. And when he picked up, uh, his voice was breaking on the other line, and he was telling me that it was God that had prompted me to call him. He needed to speak to someone. He needed to have someone pray with him. And that caused our relationship to go beyond just pastor member. We, we are brothers in Christ. Um, I'm a servant, and it was a blessing and a pleasure for me to have responded to the Lord's prompting to call my brother at that time. He needed He needed that. He needed to know someone loved and cared for him as he was going through this dark time in his life. Um, for Steve, it was the loss of his wife, his loving wife. Um, for Alvin, he experienced how sin hurts us deeply. For Steve, when he lost his wife, he recognized that sin takes what is most precious to us. And there's other things that I could say about sin, but... From their experience, I wept with my brothers. We hugged. I, I've cried praying for them in their presence. I've cried praying for them alone in, in the Lord's presence because of what sin is. And you and I don't think of sin this way. It is these experiences that serve as a reference point from which we can evaluate sin better. You know, sin hurts us deeply sin takes what is most precious to us and yet these experiences are limited especially if we are believers um, we, we have this um, sustaining grace that that grabs a hold of us 
I got to see the miracle of God's healing in Alvin's life. And I got to see the, the power of God's promises being fulfilled in Steve's life. I, I saw these miracles with my own eyes. And, and I praise God for it. But as painful as their experiences were, they can only serve as a limited uh, reference point, a perspective in regards to what sin is. It is only at the scenes surrounding the cross of Jesus where we get a most clear view of sin in all its magnitude, enormity, in its horror and darkness. It is at the cross where we are offered the fear of the Lord. That's where the miracle takes place, at the cross. There we see God's judgments. There we see the judgment that God has enacted, that God has intentionally put in action, mobilized to save us. I'm going to read to you one verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, He the Father made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to become, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God's judgments fell without mercy, without grace, without reservations, completely unmixed, unhindered, totally fell upon Christ. All of my sins, all of your sins became Christ at that moment. God the Father treated Jesus as if he was truly you and I, the whole fallen human race. And the wrath of God that you and I that believe, that have experienced the grace of God, we will never know how much it caused God to save you and I. We may get limited perspectives of what it must have felt for Jesus and God, God the Father and the Holy Spirit to have experienced that. We can only get a limited view, perspective, of what it must have felt like for Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit to have gone through the plan of saving you and I. That's what we are invited to meditate on the life of Jesus, especially the closing scenes of his life. We begin to see that he understands our pain. Sin hurt God the Father deeply. Sin took from God the Father his most precious son. He understands your heartache if you have had to part from a loved one. And there is no right time. We cannot say, well, you know, at least my dad, you know, lived 90 years. Those are extremely painful experiences. I'm thinking of my dear sister, Judy Doty, who has just lost her father in the Buchanan area. I think of all the brothers and sisters that in the churches that I pastor have lost their loved ones. One thing I believe is it hurts deeply when you lose a loved one and it's age and you see it coming and you're never really ready for it anyways. But when it comes unexpected, like it did for Steve, when you don't want it to happen and you're asking God for a miracle and Alvin loses his brother, it's too soon, too young. It shouldn't have happened that way. Parents shouldn't have to bury their children. I believe those pains, those heartaches, reveal to us sin. 
and God made Jesus sin for us. God the Father refused to answer Jesus' prayers if there would be any other way to have him go through this except he drink that cup, the cup of God's wrath on sin. And Jesus drank all of it for you and for me. You know, this is why we have devotionals. This is why we have to spend time every day so that we do not become numb. Sin can still affect me. Even after my conversion, sin can make me indifferent, indifferent and ungrateful for what God has done for me. Let us not deceive ourselves. In the gospel, he speaks about 10 lepers, you know, individuals that were ostracized from their families, ostracized from society, the temple, the church. They were not allowed to have any participation in any of those things. And yet they came and asked Jesus, please have mercy. Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were going, all 10 of them are healed. You know that story. You know that story. You know how many came back to say thank you. Only one. And we are going to do better? My dear friend, this is why these podcasts are called Devotion All. Our devotional life implies that all of us are invested in this. You have been loved with an everlasting love. And you can only understand that love at the cross. And it is there that we can get daily dosages, renewed, uh, fresh perspectives of the fear of God so that with increased intensity, we will hate more and more the sin that put God's Son at the cross to save you and I. When we do this, the fear of the Lord will become a growing, living reality in me. We will hate pride. But not the pride in others. We will hate the pride in me. I will hate more and more the pride within me and cry to have that toxic pride to be replaced with God's healing love. Mm -hmm.